What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So big news in the baseball world yesterday, which I meant to record an episode, just never got the time. So the only thing I got to record yesterday was the UMaine Ohio State basketball preview, which was a tough game. I'll recap that, hopefully another episode. This would just be a baseball episode. But yesterday, big news in the baseball world. Carlos Correa, who originally signed a 13-year, $350 million deal, which was supposed to be the fourth largest in MLB history in total money, went to San Francisco Giants. Ended up falling apart. That 13-year, $350 million deal, as I said, would have been the fourth largest in total money in MLB history. That deal falls apart between Correa and San Francisco. San Francisco had an issue with his medical evaluation, and he was supposed to actually have a press conference on Tuesday uh, introducing him to the San Francisco Giants organization. That ended up getting canceled because of this medical issue. And supposedly there were still supposed to be talks between the Giants and Correa, and the Giants still wanted to negotiate. His agent, Scott Boris, heard nothing, and at 2.38 a.m. yesterday morning, so very early yesterday morning at 2.38 in the morning, John Heyman of the New York Post and MLB Network broke the news that the 28-year-old shortstop Carlos Correa would be signing a 12-year, $315 million deal to flip his contract and go to the New York Mets. Former first overall pick, was also the rookie of the year as well, two-time All-Star selection and a gold glove winner as well. Obviously, a very storied and prized player in the MLB, so this is a huge pickup for the Mets. He's coming off a 22 home run, 291 batting average, a 64 RBI, and an 834 OPS season with the Minnesota Twins. He signed a three-year, $105 million deal with the Minnesota Twins last year. Only plays one year, then uses his opt-out to enter free agency at the same time as some big free agents like Xander Bogots, Trey Turner, and Dansby Swanson. All of them getting heavy paydays, obviously, so he... Chose to opt out at the right time. That was probably a big part of his deal with the Twins was opting out at the same time as guys like Trey Turner and Xander Bogots. So with that medical issue between the San Francisco Giants and Carlos Correa, there was no pen put to the paper, so nothing was official. It was just a verbal agreement that he would end up signing with them. And behind every single deal, there's always a medical evaluation and teams would check up on a player and form a past injury history and check up on their arm strength and everything else just to make sure that before they make a huge commitment that that player is still in shape and the future of his health looks like it's in good condition. But this doesn't happen very often. I think this is one of the one, maybe two times this has ever happened that I can remember. Maybe one of the biggest, obviously. The last one I can remember was in 2018. DeAndre Jordan signed a deal with the Dallas Mavericks four years, $80 million, so $20 million a year. Then ended up not signing with them officially and flipped back, going back to the Los Angeles Clippers on a four-year, $88 million deal. So nothing's ever official until the physical examination takes place. And until the pen's put to the paper, obviously nothing's ever guaranteed. But I've never seen something like this besides the DeAndre Jordan deal in the past in 2018. Steve Cohen did say he's the owner of the New York Mets. He did say that he felt like Correa was a missing piece. So I'm sure once he saw there was some stalling between the Giants and Correa after the medical issue, he jumped right in, probably got on the phone with Scott Boris and said, hey, come here, we want him in New York. It ends up working out, obviously, for the Mets. Obviously tough for the Giants, so to miss out on him after a full week of the Giants organization and also their fans thinking they had Correa under contract for 13 years. He ends up flipping and going to the New York Mets. Jeff Passan of ESPN and then Ken Rosenthal as well uh, of The Athletic was sleeping at the time since this, this was very early in the morning, 2.40 a.m., and didn't get to confirm it until later yesterday morning. So Mets fans were nervous from 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. to about 8, 9, 10 o'clock until John Heyman's report that Kyle's career would be joining the New York Mets was confirmed by Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan. 
as I said, Pass and Rosendahl were both sleeping, so the Mets fans were very nervous until the morning came to see uh, if Heyman's report was true or not, because at one point, Heyman had Aaron Judge going to the San Francisco Giants, and that obviously fell apart. So, at the end of the day, Mets fans were holding their breath, hopefully thinking Passant and Rosenthal would confirm the report, and that's just what happened. Uh, tough for the San Francisco Giants, though. They end up missing out on Bryce Hopper in 2019, Shohei Otani as well right around that time, missed out on Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, and Max Scherzer over the last few offseasons. So, obviously tough for them now to add Carlos Correa to that list. After the Mets re-signed Adam Ottavino on Tuesday to a two-year, $14.5 million deal, the luxury tax increased heavily. Now with this new Correa deal, the Mets payroll is at $385 million, leaving them with $111 million in luxury tax expenses, making their total payroll for this upcoming season $495 million. The previous max payroll in baseball, according to Jeff Passan, was $350 million. While Steve Cohen's payroll is almost at half a billion dollars for this upcoming season at $495 million. So obviously you cannot count Cohen out for making another move. I mean, this could go up even more. He wants to win the luxury tax, the Cohen tax, if you want to call it. That isn't stopping him at all. The Cohen tax is not stopping him at all. He does not care about that at all. He just wants to win. Is it sustainable for the future? I mean, if they end up winning a World Series, it's worth it. But at the end of the day, I don't think this way of building a team of spending $111 million in luxury tax expenses is sustainable for the entire future, especially if you don't win. If you don't win, I mean, this is just going to be a huge bust. But if the Mets end up winning, then it's obviously well worth it. The Mets lineup is ridiculous. If you look at it, they got Brandon Nimmo at center field, Carlos Correa at third base, Francisco Lindor at shortstop, Pete Alonso at first base, Jeff McNeil at second base. He was an all-star this past season. Stalin Mate in right field, Daniel Vogelback at DH, Marcana in left field, and Omar Navias as their catcher. He was a 2021 All-Star with Milwaukee. The Mets just traded James McCann, who was their catcher last year, to the Baltimore Orioles. And if you look at their rotation, they got Justin Verlander, who they got this offseason, Max Scherzer, who they got in last offseason, Kodai Senga, who they got in this offseason, Jose Quintana, who they got in this offseason, and then Carlos Carrasco as well. That's a great five-man rotation right there. Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, Quintana, and Carrasco. That's an elite five right there in your rotation. Then you look at the bullpen. Edmund Diaz, they got a new deal, re-signed him. He's their closer, had a great year last year. With Adam Ottavino re-signed as well on Tuesday. And then David Robinson as well, who they just got recently in the last week or two. That's their seventh and eighth inning and ninth inning, guys. Ottavino, Robinson, and Diaz, which is huge. If you have a lead going into the seventh inning, you have a pretty good feeling. I know Ottavino's been off and on a lot of the time, but... At the end of the day, Ottavino would probably be the best reliever of one of the best relievers on the Red Sox besides Kenley Jansen. So you'd feel pretty good with Ottavino as your eighth inning guy. Which the Red Sox had Garrett Whitlock as their eighth inning guy and Tan Houck as their ninth inning guy for a little bit. But I think both of those guys would be in the rotation this year. So at the end of the day, I honestly think Ottavino and Robinson would be the best relievers in the Red Sox bullpen besides Kenley Jansen. And then also, the Mets also added... Ray's reliever, Brooks Raley, he had a 2.68 ERA in 2022 for Tampa Bay. Also added a .969 whip for Tampa Bay this past season. And one thing I saw that was a crazy statistic I saw yesterday was that the Oakland A's payroll for this upcoming season is $22.5 million. And as you guys know, I'm very much passionate about the MLB needing a salary floor so teams stay competitive and there's not a huge gap between the bottom and the top which I wrote a whole paper on in my business of sports class this semester. It was 18 pages about the reason for a salary floor. And this wasn't even included in it. And if I go to make revisions, this will definitely be included. The Oakland A's payroll for this upcoming season is $22.5 million. Baltimore Orioles, $29.6 million. 
The Kansas City Royals, $36 million. Cleveland Guardian, $41 million. The Mets bullpen on its own is making $43 million this upcoming season. $43 million this upcoming season the Mets bullpen's making. That's more than all of those teams I just named. The A's, Orioles, Rays, Pirates, Royals, and Guardians. Six teams. Six teams have a lower payroll than what the Mets bullpen is getting this year, which is nuts. The Mets overall in this offseason have spent $806.1 million in counting this offseason. $806 million in counting. And that's just on free agents. That's the most in a single offseason in any sport ever. And then you look at it, they have a good farm system as well. Their number one prospect is the number one prospect in the MLB, catcher Francisco Alvarez. Then they got a third baseman, Brett Beatty. He's the number 18 prospect in the MLB. And then catcher Kevin Parada, who's a first-round pick in this last draft in 2022. He's the number 37 prospect in the MLB. So it's going to be heavy pressure on the Mets this year to win. And I think this is the most pressure I've ever seen a team have to win a World Series because of how much money they're spending. $806 million this offseason, you have to win. You have no option but to win with a payroll that heavy, especially what they're paying on a luxury tax. And if you look at it, as I said, Cohen, which depends on where you look, but WFAN Radio had Cohen paying a $101 million luxury tax fee this upcoming season. That $101 million luxury tax fee for the Mets this upcoming year is more than 10 payrolls in the MLB. There are 10 teams spending less money on their entire payroll, their 26-man payroll for this upcoming season. They're paying less on their 26-man roster for the 2023 season than the Mets are giving in luxury tax fees. And those 10 teams, Tampa Bay Rays, Oakland A's, Pittsburgh Pirates, Cincinnati Reds, Kansas City Royals, Cleveland Guardians, and then also the Baltimore Orioles, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Miami Marlins and Washington Nationals as well. Marlins, Nationals, Rays, A's, Pirates, Reds, Royals, Guardians, Orioles, Diamondbacks. All 10 of those teams are spending less than $101 million on their 26-man payroll for this upcoming season. And that $101 million threshold right there is what the Mets are paying in luxury tax fees this upcoming year. And another crazy stat I saw came from Travis Sawchick. I got the Cubs the MLB. I saw this on Twitter. The Mets spent more in free agency in one night $315 million at 2.40 a.m. they gave to Carlos Correa. That $315 million they gave to Correa in just that one night was more than the Pittsburgh Pirates have spent on free agents since 2010. The Pittsburgh Pirates have spent just $207 million since the 2010 offseason on free agents. So the Mets in one night, $315 million. The Pirates have spent only $207 million since 2010 on free agents. And he also broke down the top three in free agent spendings and the bottom three since 2010. The New York Yankees have spent $1.91 billion on free agents since 2010. The Philadelphia Phillies, $1.83 billion on free agents since 2010. The New York Mets, $1.5 billion spent on free agents since 2010, with $800 million coming in this past offseason. Or this offseason right now, this active offseason, I should say. The bottom three in free agent spendings since 2010, Cincinnati Reds, $252 million, Timber Bay Rays, $231 million in free agents, and Pittsburgh Pirates, $207 million spent on free agents. So if that doesn't show you need a salary for just because of that, 
differential there between the top three and bottom three alone, I don't know what else can tell you. I know owners can spend money, more money than spending right now. And I know not every owner can spend Steve Cohen money, but they can all definitely spend more than $207, $231, $252 million since 2010 on free agents. Every team in the league has to start spending more money when you're at the bottom. And I compared the amount of fan attendance at home games to win-loss record to how much money each team's payroll is. And all three of them are very correlated. And I was saying that the bottom 10 teams in spending, 9 of 10 of them have bottom 10 attendance rates. And then also most of those teams there, which I forget the exact number, it's in the paper though, have very low win-loss records. Very low winning percentages, I should say. So obviously teams can't spend $800 million in one single offseason like the Mets. You can't do that really every single year. But there should be a minimum salary floor in baseball, making sure teams spend, let's say, $120 million, $100 million to keep competition balanced. Because if you don't, like it's the way it is right now, and there's luxury taxes, which some teams don't care about, like the Yankees and the Phillies and the Mets, because their owners just say, we'll spend to try to win. You have a huge discrepancy between the top and spending the bottom. The top three in free agent spending since 2010, the Yankees, $1.91 billion, the Phillies, $1.83 billion, and the Mets at $1.5 billion. The bottom three in free agent spendings since 2010 of free agents, Cincinnati, $252 million, Tampa Bay, $231 million, and the Pittsburgh Pirates at $207 million. And the Cohen tax doesn't stop Steve Cohen at all. Right now, they're at the fourth and final threshold of the luxury tax, which is known as the Steve Cohen tax, sitting at $293 million for the 2023 season, which, according to this ESPN article here that I'm looking at, the Mets could be in line for a tax bill of $100 million next year. $100 million. That's because they spent $800 million on free agents this offseason. To Brandon Nemo, Edwin Diaz, Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, Adam Adovino, David Robinson, and Ketch Omar Navias. But there's something that has to happen in baseball to keep competitive balance in play. Teams need to spend money just to keep things interesting and keep the MLB Somewhat competitive because you have so many teams that just are choosing not to spend any money. Now I'm going to jump over to the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge was named the 16th captain in Yankees history this week. Only person to have the honor of holding the captain title in the last 30 years besides Don Mattingly and Derek Jeter. He signed a nine-year, $360 million deal to stay in New York during this offseason. He's coming off an MVP season, nearly the Triple Crown winner as well. Did not get the batting average title, unfortunately, but everything else he earned in the Triple Crown race, he had the most home runs and the most RBIs as well, just to not have the batting average to win the Triple Crown. He's the first Yankees American League MVP winner since 2007 and obviously the face of the franchise. So congratulations to Judge on being named the 16th captain in Yankees history and the first, or the third, I should say, in the last 30 years, but the first since Don Mattingly and Derek Jeter becoming the third player in the last 30 years to hold the captain title. Anyways, that does sum up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.